When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Been a busy morning in the Gazette office on the back of Aitor Karanka's press conference yesterday. Obviously, his comments. Uh, Phil, you were in the press conference. He's talking about, um, I guess, his frustration of the Riverside crowds and the negativity which he says has surrounded the team in the in the second half of the season. What, what did it come from? How did it, you know? How did it, how did he get onto that in the first place? You sometimes notice with managers that they've got something they want to say, and uh, it, it, it felt very much like he'd had it on the back of his mind in the moment uh, he was asked by one of the TV cameras. Uh, Crews actually initially just about the, the the mood around the team and the club ahead of uh, the match against Rotherham and obviously had Watford's defeat um, affected things and he, um, he he very much went into this thing about the the negative vibe surrounding the club not within not the team itself or the players but the negative vibe surrounding the club how every time though, there's a setback it's the end of the world and uh, you know we know it is a sort of a typical fan reaction to mm. the way things have happened you know if something can go wrong it will go wrong and I did ask him about that later on but it just seemed quite pre-prepared it's clearly been bugging him a while um, initially he said it wasn't about the fans as such and he didn't really blame the media either specifically uh, but then he did go into one or two specifics. He mentioned the fact that he'd like to, the, the home support to be like the away support. He did mention the fact that Derby get big attendances. Uh, Bournemouth sold out, although it's a smaller ground, of course. And he mentioned the atmosphere at Watford. And I think he's con- contrasting the att- the atmosphere at home games for Borough with the home games he's experiencing on the road. And uh, clearly that's something that... Um, is a bit of an issue with him. Whether that's fair or not, I mean, Borough have a stadium that holds 35,000 people, and we'll come on to that, the fact that, you know, Borough's gates historically are pretty good at the moment. Mm. Um, it did mention the fact that every time something happens, like he's named manager of the month, um, or, you know, Borough sell out for Boxing Day, that people keep putting to him typical Borough scenarios, such as, you know, well, you do realise, I tell that um, if you name manager of the month, Borough typically lose the next match. Now, that that didn't come from us at the Gazette, or I don't think it really came from the written press. That's more of a, a TV stroke radio approach to things, and it was probably meant jocular, you know, probably meant slightly tongue in cheek, humorously. But I think that sort of thing rankles a little bit as well. The fact that people assume the worst, you know, any positive is turned into a negative, and um, it, it didn't really. Well, there wasn't one coherent strategy. It was just him really getting off his chest, this feeling that. You know, why are people negative? We would have taken a playoff finish at the start of the season. Everybody would have taken a playoff finish at the start of the season, I think was his argument. And if that's what we end up with, then well done, everybody. It's been a good season. Now, as fans, as journalists, we can see that Borough have a genuine chance of finishing the top two. It's so, putting it into a context, yeah. isn't it? I think. So fourth place for us might be a little bit disappointing or a very disappointing, depending <laughs> on your perspective. So it was interesting. It was, well, it was, it was clearly something he wanted to say. Um, and I guess the other question is the timing, not really perfect ahead of two home games that Borough really must win. The thing, uh, I mean, Vic, I'll get your thoughts on this. He obviously picks out the home fans. It's uh, Well, not necessarily saying, you know, he wishes the home fans more like the away fans. I think two things. A, 
the majority of those fans who are on the road will probably be at the Riverside anyway. And B, Borough have got the best home record in the Championship and have a game in hand on Watford who have the second best home record. Is it that much of an issue? I don't think you can approach this in a rational way in, in terms of stats. Uh, we know, because we've grown up with Middlesbrough, that there are two very distinct personalities within the crowd. And we laugh about it and we joke, you know, there's the, there's the foam handers and there's the chicken runners. And, and we, you know, we'll laugh about it because we're used to the nuances of it. <coughs> and we know that any issue whatsoever, it doesn't even have to be related to Burris. A, a, another team can sign someone mm. and the moment something happens that there's a debate over... There's a fracture line between those two particular personalities and the world view that each individual group have of any given event is sometimes you, you, you find it hard to believe that they're actually talking about the same thing. And that comes to the surface, obviously, when there's moments of possibility. And I think it's, for me, the, 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 I mean, it's something that fascinates me and it's something that I think is unique to Middlesbrough and it's to do with a big club who are undoubtedly a big club and have been a big club in so many ways for a century, never won anything. Mm. And I think that's, that is almost an inherited psychology that you grow up, and if you happen to have parents who are, uh, who are chicken runners, let's, let's call them, then you will grow up in a household being told they'll always let you down, son. So th there is that in the background. And there's also a group of people who've grown up with the club that uh, went to Wembley three times in 12 months and um, uh, uh, you know a lot of people their only experience of the club the formative experience of the club will have been sell out crowds buying world class stars uh, winning at Cardiff going through Europe and all the time they would have been have discussions with friends and family and workmates who would have been sat there saying it's all going to go wrong mm. it's all going to go wrong he's not he's only he's only here to feather his own nest blah blah and all those things, it's, you can have that perspective and it can be true. And the two things can coexist. And that's part of the nature of, of uh, the club, but also life, I suppose. The, the problem is that sometimes when you, you need everyone together, like, like now there's a huge possibility, you know, we've got, we're five games away from promotion. And that should be something that energises the crowd. And you've got some people already now putting on their emotional armour because if the worst comes to the worst and Borough lose, then everything's going to be doom and gloom. Well, maybe it is, but let's wait and see. That's my position. Mm. But a lot of people have been preparing the ground for this for weeks and weeks and weeks when we have the sticky spell. Oh, the wheels are coming off, the wheels are coming off. I told you, this bloke's rubbish, blah, blah, blah. Adam reached this, uh, Adam Clayton that. And they prepare the ground emotionally so that should things go wrong, they're in a position to say, I told you so. And then they can smugly sit there in their little armour, emotional armour, and not feel the pain. For me, they're also not feeling the enjoyment that you get when you throw yourself into something and open yourself to possibility and really enjoy it. And, and do you think, I mean, obviously, um, Craig has talked about the negativity and the position they're in and what have you. Do you think there is that frustration or that fear of, you know, we, we have been in this position in the Championship before, not necessarily this close, but the position where we've, we've threw away a golden opportunity. And, and if Borough don't go up this year, they will have missed a golden opportunity, won't they? I don't think you can compare it to the season that Tony Mowbray was in charge when Borough finished seventh, because they pretty much went into freefall after Christmas, mm. as we know. Uh, there, was a, there, was, there were occasions where they put a couple of results together and got close to the top, the playoffs again. But I think most of us had psychologically written off promotion by this stage of the season in 2012. 
Um, this is very different. Borough have been one of the front runners pretty much since September, October, when they got over the poor start of the season and, 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 and recorded some fantastic results. And, you know, I can completely understand fans worrying because fans, that's what being a football fan is about. You want the best for your team. and you, you, This does feel like it, it, everything's lined up for Borough to go up this season. They've got the manager... They've got the players, they've got the loan players, just as importantly, who may not be about in 12 months' time. And they've got the fans on the side pretty much away from home that, you know, we were talking about fantastic turnouts yeah. all over the shop. So it does feel like this season's a season where everything's lined up for Bury to go up. And if they don't go up, I don't even want to think about what we're going to get through the summer and look ahead to another season of championship trudgery. Because, um, but, but... Yeah, and as Vic says, you've got to throw yourself into it and enjoy it if you can. I think, I think the significant thing about what Itar said, I mean, if you want to boil it down to what he was trying to get across, because he was trying so hard not to insult the fans, mm. he was trying so hard really not to insult anybody in the room he was talking to. I think what, what it boils down to more than anything probably is the fact that he's gone to Brentford, he's gone to Watford, he's gone to Derby, he's gone to Bournemouth, and whatever their grounds hold, they've been pretty much full and bouncing. And he contrasts that with Borough. Um, and Borough, you know, he, he, he used a specific example. He didn't mention the team, but he used a specific example of where Borough were at home in a match where I think if they won, they could have gone top. And there was 17,000 in the stadium. And he, you know, he was kind of saying, look, when we could go top, when it mattered, there was 17,000. He must have been referring to, I think, either the Bolton or the Millwall match earlier this season at home, February time, whenever it was. And he contrasts that with when Borough went to Derby and top spot was up for grabs. It was 30-odd thousand, nearly a sell-out. The place was bouncing. Now, we know there are hundreds of historical reasons and financial reasons and millions of reasons why Borough aren't getting 25,000, 30,000 every week. But he probably doesn't either understand or want to understand. He just he sees it in a purely black and white terminology. They're getting full houses. We're not. It's, There's as much at stake for us as there is for them. Mm. Why aren't you coming? I mean, and then and, and then that is the point of discussion. You know, for, for why does he think that? What 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 are the ramifications of, of him thinking that? And it's interesting you mentioned Derby because that that match where we went to, and if you remember the f- the first twenty minutes, it, it felt like a cup final. Mm. The atmosphere was incredible. The noise was incredible. Uh, Derby had lost three of the previous four, including at Fulham and Brighton, and then the previous match had been a goal up against Norwich. Then f- then a last minute. Goalkeeping error fumbled it, and it was a one-all draw. If Borough were in that situation, you would not get a full house the next the next next match, and they certainly wouldn't be up for it. There would be a week-long belly-aching fest before the match kicked off, and that's the fundamental difference. And I think that's what Itor can't get his head around. That it's not like Borough have blown it. You know, we weren't ten points clear. and have suddenly been dragged back into the in, into the mix. We've always, you know, we have been top. We've shared it four ways, we've shared it three ways, we've shared it two ways. Once we've been top on our own, right? So it's not like we've always been the front runners. Borough have always been part of this pack. Nothing has fundamentally changed. We, we lost a game on, on Saturday, which threw the maths slightly against us. But nothing has... We've always been in this position. Yet people sit back waiting, well, I'll turn up when you show me some ambition. And that's what... That's, that's the problem at the club, is that fans almost expect to be delivered the whole product before they're willing to make their emotional investment. 
I, I don't understand how that's come about from a team that historically has always, you know, we've always, we've never won things. I think it's I, a freak era that seems to have distorted the, the, the mentality. I, I, of think, the I think if you look at it from a Borough perspective and you compare Borough with other previous promotion campaigns, uh, I think the one that you can forget about the the, the freak season was when Robson took them back up, <coughs> took back up on, with Paul Mercer. Even in and that, that one, and that lost four 0 But, but that was, this stage. But what I'm saying is, they sold. I'm talking about attendances. They sold out every match that season. Just about yeah. Borough sold out. Every other promotion campaign's been just like this one, possibly apart from '74. You know, when Borough came up, the Wolves season when they won at Wolves, the season. Um, uh, uh, Robbo's first season yep. everyone thinks that the Ayrson Park was sold out and full to the rafters every week when Brian Robson took Burr up at the first time of asking it wasn't if you look at the stats there's plenty of attendances under 20,000 um, you know this season the gates have been historically pretty good you know the stand there's, there's the bare comparison with nearly every other Borough campaign in the division which has been successful or, or, as good, or nearly successful so I don't think the, the issue is particularly about Borough as such it's how Karanka perceives Borough compare with their rivals, yeah. and that's where I think he thinks. Well, I'm doing my. I don't. I'm, this is me putting probably words into his mouth now, but I'm guessing he thinks. Well, I'm doing my bit. I've given you a team that could go up automatically, could go up through the playoffs, and they're good to watch. Yeah, brought some players in. The quality of football has improved. Um, you know, why hasn't another five or ten thousand been added to the to, to the gate? And I guess. You know, unless he comes out and adds more to this, we'll just have to guess that he thinks you know that that is that is disappointing in his in his. He's just he's just learning the landscape now. Yeah, isn't he? He's yeah. been here a year and he, he'll be thinking, well, you know, I've done X, Y, and Z. I've ticked this box. I've done that. I've delivered, but he won't understand the nuances of the way the Middlesbrough crowd historically work, and that a lot of people, even though there's only three games left, a lot of people are still holding back and waiting to see mm. but I think even you know not necessarily just numbers you know I think it was 23,000 off the top of my head for Wigan um, but it wasn't ba- even though that was an increase on what it's been it wasn't bouncing was it there was that air of I frustration the game itself helped did it no no it was, it was, it was, a, it was a typical yeah. end of season um, attritional struggle and I did notice actually made a point of noticing that throughout the match First, the south, the lads in the south stand kept the noise going. Well, all yeah, the way red flag, week in week you know, out. Red I, I do through. think I keep going back to this: the layout of the Riverside, while it's better than it has been, does not help Borough in the slightest. You know, a thirty-five thousand seater stadium with at least ten, twelve, fifteen thousand empty seats every week is not a help; it's a hindrance. You know, we can't do anything about that. Borough built that in in the good times when you know when the sun was shining. And and they've suffered for it because they've got a top class stadium that's fit you know for international football, but really isn't ideal for championship football. You know, Watford's ground is much better served yeah. from their point of view. You get twelve, thirteen thousand, and it feels like a full house. It sounds like a full house. You know, so if you put those Borough fans who turned up on um, on Easter Friday, that that twenty three thousand in, in in Portman Road. It would feel like a bumper full house, yeah. and I think the the crowd would respond to that. They would buy into that. You know, there'd be much more interaction between the north and south stands. Um, it, it's it's a problem that isn't going to go away until Borough can once again pull in regular gates of twenty five to thirty thousand. Do do you expect? I mean, because obviously the two home games now rather than Wolves, they're going to be season deciding, aren't they? You know, if you win those two games, the chances are Borough will be back in the top two. Do, do you think there'll be an increase there? Do you think we'll see more than twenty three thousand? 
I mean, the, the, the home crowds have gone up. Mm. We started the season averaging just less than 15,000. We're now above 20. And I think the next three home games will be, again, well above 20. And we'll finish with a, the highest average since we got relegated. There's no question about that. Uh, and if you look at the, the last crowd, Wigan brought 406 or something yeah. stupid. So that's I mean, a there hit was, football at the away. So there was there was a, well over 20,000 home fans, and that's you know you can't really ask for more than that given the economic climate, blah blah blah. You know all, all the factors that we know are there. It was a midweek match. A lot of people can't travel from Nottingham. You know. It was a good crowd. There's no no question about that. Uh, whether that crowd was fully engaged with what was going on is a different issue, uh, and I think. The expectations are so high. Uh, I think it's for some people, it's the unrealistic expectation. You know, we're not going to win 4-0 every week. Sometimes it's going to be a grind. But the team still needs support just because it's going to be a grind. You know, you don't... People sit there sometimes in stony silence, demanding to be entertained. And I don't understand that. I mean, I always enjoy going to the match, even if it's rubbish. I mean, I... T- I think you might if you paid thirty quid for the privilege. Well, I, when I did used to pay, and I still yeah, you didn't pay thirty. I still quid, used to enjoy. Like I still used to enjoy going to the match for for the the whole experience. I never went in there thinking if we don't win today, I'll feel ripped off. The problem is, is you go back. You're absolutely right in the terms about. I've never believed football on its own is worth thirty, forty, fifty quid, whatever it costs to get in the ground. Whether that's the Emirates, you know, the Riverside, the Stadium of Light, wherever. Football is overpriced across the board. We all got into football because we went with a group of mates down to Ayrson Park or wherever, whoever you support, Featons or Victoria Park, whoever your team is. You went down with a group of mates, you paid the equivalent of five or four or five quid to get in. So if the game was bad, you still had a good laugh, you had a couple of pints and you went home and kicked the cat if you got beat. <laughs> people are now, this is going off tangent, but people are now paying a significant amount of money. The sort of money you pay to go and see a band or the sort of money you go, you pay to have a, a, a sit-down meal. So they demand a return on that. And I, you know that is why people turn up, particularly season ticket holders, because they feel, I've made my investment now, you've got 23 home games to repair that investment. So I want good football, I want entertainment, I want wins, mm-hmm. and I want it in a vibrant atmosphere if possible. But I've done my bit, now you do your bit. And I think that is a fundamental flaw in football now, is that the, the relationship, the dynamic has been changed from fans to customers and that is why fans turn up if you you know if you if you've made an investment for the next two matches for two tickets for Rotherham and Wolves um what 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 is two tickets going to cost the average adult thick end of 50 quid you're looking at 60 odd quid yeah. plus the kids at the table yeah so you've well. invested so even if you're just paying for yourself you've invested over 60 pound in the next two matches if 20 minutes into tomorrow's game it's nil nil and it's dire and it's attritional you know, you're, you're meant, you're, you might, your attitude might be, I'm not getting my money's worth here. I came to, you know, I came to enjoy an afternoon out. I'm not enjoying it, and I'm, until you give me something to enjoy, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna uncross my arms. <laughs> so there's a, you know, the issue of pricing and football and what it, you know, what football exists for. You know, you could go on forever, but I do think that that hasn't helped. You know, the relationship between you know the fans. You know, I can I can remember buying a buying a ticket for the Borough game against Burnley uh, in Brian Robson's first match at Ayrson Park. I'm sure the ticket wasn't much standing in the in the whole game. I'm sure six it, quid, something like six quid. You know, and that all right, you could argue that's twenty years ago, but it still didn't feel like a huge investment. No, 
you know, it wasn't didn't leave a huge hole in my pocket. You know, so if you go along, and I do remember going with mates, and we had a few pints beforehand, and the sun was shining, yeah. and Robbo Rob was, you know, the place was full, and it felt fantastic. And that feeds into why the away atmosphere is better, yeah. it's a day out. And you, yeah, exactly, it's a day out, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And it's not just on we the all, 90 minutes. I think we all understand that, we all understand the difference, but the stakes right now are quite high, and you'd think that would energise the crowd a bit more. Because you know there is something to actually play for. Yeah, yeah. and, and we've seen the so atmosphere many seems to have flagged from two, three months ago. Now I, I'm not sure why that would be. The when I'd uh, kind of all, you know when I read the Karanga stuff for the first time this morning, I kind of expected the reaction to be to be quite balanced. But when we put a poll out this morning, I think 92 percent or 94 percent agreed with Karanga. Uh, do you think that you, did, did, does that surprise you? Did you expect? You know, such a, a landslide in Karanka's favour when well, you look I, at that I think thing, fans or... who go to the match <clears throat> see a more balanced picture. They've seen all the games. Uh, they know that the vast majority of home games have been decent entertainment and Borough have dominated almost all those games. The fans who don't go to the match probably only see one minute and 13 seconds of highlights and then the rest of their information comes from this strange uh, hothouse of... of vitriol that you, we get on social media and maybe if you're in that 10,000 people who are wavering as to whether to go over the match your outlook may be more coloured by hearing all the, mm. the the froth around the game than actually being there I think the thing is, is there's probably a, a silent majority of 10,000 fans who never engage social media no. You'll only hear from them if you bump into them down the club or the pub on a Friday or Saturday night. And that, that is still, even though we live in a multimedia world where you have immediate interaction, there's still a huge swathe of people who will just not enter that debate. Or, or you know, no one wants to hear from the guy who's quietly content. We want people who are foaming at the mouths yeah. and punching the, punching the walls or slamming the hand down on the table. That is what football is about now. It's about, you know, 6 or 6 every week. Was your team denied an obvious goal from a penalty? Or, you know, was your player sent off controversially? Are you angry? Are you angry? Bring us up. You know, <laughs> you know and, and 6 or 6 on BBC will be full every Saturday night of people whose team's lost. Mm. It won't be full of te- people whose team's won. Because people who, who, who are angry are angry because, you know, who want to vocalise something. Normally want to vocalise a negative rather than a positive. And that, that again, might be something Karank is coming back to. But... Um, I'm not surprised that people. I think most people, most people, rational people, and even irrational people can see that Aitor Karanka has done a damn good job yeah. since November 2013. He built on a lot of solid, good work from Tony Morby. Let's say that as well. But he's took that, he took that template, and he's brought in some great players. He's been supported fantastically by Steve Gibson. You know the fans have bought into it pretty much. You know they sing his name every week. You know they they do appreciate what he's done. You know we talk to fans all the time. We interact with them. You know the idea that the fans are one one head you know triggers um, tri- um, hairbreadth from from losing it with the manager. I don't think that's true. I think they're just so keyed up now about this promotion yeah. race and that you know that it could go wrong on the, on the final straight. I think that's probably more you know why people have been easily turned to a negative view and also I think if you ask a specific question most people will a- a- answer rationally but if you're left with an intangible mm. that's when the fear and, and individual personality comes into it and of course we're reaching the, the, 
the, the climax now and the stakes are higher and people reacting in an emotional way. Rotherham will bring a good following tomorrow, won't they? So hopefully, you know, I think they'll they'll contribute to a good atmosphere. Um, two huge home games. Let's see see how the land lies after that. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Vic.